From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I hope this finds you well and hope that you had a great weekend. I have a feeling if you're a Saints fan, you sure as heck did. Welcome into another edition of the Black and Blue Report. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. Fred Ruckert is our engineer and editor today and we are ready to uh, to bring you a week's worth of uh, programming as we lead up to game number two tampa bay let's not get too ahead of too ahead of ourselves though john it was it was a lot of fun and you can tell uh, this morning nobody cut me off on my way to work uh, everybody was pleasant people went to work today. yes they did the okay. sun was shining as the saints beat the falcons yesterday 23 to 17 at the mercedes-benz superdome and so of course here on this monday the city is in a much better mood than if we had a different result yesterday afternoon. You know, Mondays at the Saints wins have sometimes been declared a local holiday, if not a national one. So, you know, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised nobody cut you off because I'm surprised. I'm more surprised that anybody was out there to cut you off. But yeah, <laughs> you win against the uh, against the hated rivals at home, and that certainly sets up a good week. Uh, you know, a lot of intensity leading up to the game, and everybody wanted to downplay it, obviously. You know, because you don't know what the outcome's going to be, but you could kind of see the sense of relief in that locker room yesterday. It was pretty intense heading up to that game. As Drew Brees mentioned, you know, when the schedule comes out, you've got about three or four months to think about the team you're going to be playing. All right, we'll get John's uh, highlights, if you will, or his uh, bullet points from the game in just a moment. On the show today, though, I want to tell you what's on tap. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, a listen in on my visits in the postgame locker room yesterday with uh, offensive lineman Zach Streif, uh, Curtis Lofton, and uh, then later on in the show, we're going to uh, take you right to Sean Payton's Monday morning press conference. Every Monday morning uh, or the day after a game, he will uh, meet with the media and kind of give us the postmortem after watching the film and start to set up the week. So we're going to put that into today's Black and Blue Report podcast for you. And then we're going to wrap up the show today on the entertainment side. Um, lo and behold, I did not know this, but uh, young actor Matt Lancer. I don't know if he's all that young. He seems young to me, though. Um, you'll know him from Star Wars fame, uh, the newer version of 90210, a host of other things. Uh, but he's in New Orleans now and living here uh, as he is a part of a new program on the CW called, I think it's Star Cross, to talk about that. But yesterday he came to the uh, Superdome with his dad to watch the Saints and Falcons. He's an Atlanta kid who uh, actually wore a Falcons jersey to the game. So we won't hold that against him, but uh, we did get a chance to catch up with him. We get a lot of celebrities, whether it be actors or musicians or whatever, that come to Saints games or Pelicans games. And so uh, from time to time, we'll stop them and, and check in with them. So a little entertainment flavor for you this morning, Jay, to wrap up the show. Yeah, you tossed I, I got no, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know who the guy is. However, to you know, he's obviously a brave soul to be wearing his, his Falcons jersey to the game. Well, you know, I'll tip the cap, you know, proud enough to wear it, brave enough to wear it. Uh, common sense-wise, I don't know. 
but uh, did I, come with his dad though, so yeah, I, I give him props for that. As smart come, enough for that. Yes, very smart on that. Um, the other thing I liked it: no, no handlers, no publicists, no just two guys come see a football game yesterday. Yeah, kind of like me, no handlers. Exactly, exactly. And and based on <laughs> what I'm seeing on Twitter and whatnot, love handles, um, but no yes. handlers. Uh, based on what I'm seeing on Twitter and all that, this guy's kind of a he's kind of a big deal, especially with the young ladies. So. We'll let, uh, we'll let you decide for yourself. Uh, that'll wrap up today's program. Uh, speaking of Twitter, don't forget, at John DeShazer or at Sean Kelly Live or this program, at Black Blue Report. You can follow, comment, ask questions, all that good stuff as we go along. All right, J.D., let's, let's kind of put your wrap on the game yesterday. Um, it's interesting, and I'll say this. We talked and talked and talked and talked about a lot of new faces and new things around the Saints program heading into this season. But sure enough, yesterday, as it all played out, it was some old familiar names that certainly topped my list. I'm curious if it's the same for you. Well, I mean, if we're talking offense, then obviously we got to be talking about Drew Brees and 350-plus passing yards to extend his NFL record. And then uh, Marcus Colston makes you know the initial touchdown catch, which is – you know, his 533rd of his career, which sets him atop the franchise career receptions record. Then defensively, now the old standby Roman Harper ends up with two two big turnovers, a fumble recovery that he returns 19 yards to really set up the Saints' first touchdown, which was to Colston. And he seals the game with the end zone pick. You know, now he got a little help from a new face, Kenny Vaccaro, yes. the, the the rookie safety who makes a nice tip and grab and uh, and grab Tony Gonzalez and kept Gonzalez from catching it. But Roman ends up uh, getting that interception in the end zone to pretty much seal the deal. So, so yeah, you had some some good old faces to show up. And you know, the guy who caused that fumble, Malcolm Thomas. So you're talking about two maligned safeties, Malcolm 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 Thomas, Malcolm Jenkins, and Roman Harper, two guys who've been pretty much maligned who set up that first turnover and set up that first touchdown for the Saints. And that really kind of shifted the game for the Saints because as, but until then they've been in a little bit of a lull, but that turnover set them, put them in position to get that quick touchdown. And I really like the way the defense showed up yesterday. Um, some new faces on that defensive line, Akeem Hicks with the one-handed sack. And Junior Gillette, who's who's been around and everybody expects big things out of him, but hadn't really had a chance to shine. And then Paris Harrelson, who just got traded for a couple of weeks ago, he comes up with a big sack. So really applied a lot of pressure on Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, and a lot of that pressure applied by Cam Jordan too. So you know, I like I like what I saw to the defense. Those two turnovers and three sacks really helped them win that game. Yeah, let me throw one more old name in there, Darren Sproles. Yes, you know, yes, yes, the load, yes, especially yes. early in the game. Uh, not only uh, rushing the football, but also as a uh, as a ball catching running back yesterday. So and 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 special teams too. He was steady. Speaking of special teams, here's a unit that took some shots there early in the preseason. Um, I thought they were pretty solid yesterday. Yeah, you, and you just you know you want to see them be consistent with it because you know you, you don't want to see them fluctuate. But yesterday was a a banner day for for the coverage units, which you know had been a little bit shaky in the preseason were shaky pretty much all of last season. So you like to see that the decisions they made pan out. Um, Courtney Roby, a popular guy in the locker room, wide receiver, on special teams captain the last couple of years, he was the, one of the last releases on this team during preseason. He was one of the last cuts. So you wanted to make sure that, you know, he was cut for a good reason and looks like they might have the proper, hopefully right now, have the proper amount of athleticism as well as discipline in maintaining your lanes and your assignments. Yeah, one thing that does help on kickoff coverage is when Thomas Morissette decides to yeah. batter the back wall behind the end zone and actually on a couple of occasions hit the upright. So, um, you know, that, that does help. 
Yeah, unless there's a monsoon, you know, the Saints shouldn't have to worry too much about uh, returning any kickoffs, uh, any kickoffs returned against them because Morstead's got the leg yeah. to kick it out of the end zone. So unless they're just practicing or something, unless they just feel like they need the work, he's pretty much going to put all of them out of the end zone. So you really only have to worry about punt coverage. And he's the same guy who's doing the punting. He's a great directional punter. He gets great hang time. So most of the time he's going to give your coverage units a pretty good chance to get in position. Uh, meanwhile, back to Marcus Colston just for a second. They call him the quiet storm. There's plenty of reasons why, but one of them which is we don't hear from the guy a whole lot. He doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself, but he did speak yesterday after the game and was asked about that uh, record-setting catch, which happened to be a touchdown. Colston commenting on becoming the all-time receptions leader in New Orleans Saints history. You know, actually, you know, I saw the running, I mean, the, uh, the linebacker, you know, kind of sprinting to the middle of the field and, you know, I, I kind of figured it was going to be a back shoulder, and I saw Drew throw it over the top. So I actually had to get on my horse a little bit and go get it. But, um, you know, just a great throw, and that's, that's just something that, you know, you're going to get out of a quarterback like Drew. And Colson also picked up on what you and I talked about, kind of the, the old guys club there, Roman Harper, uh, and his play uh, at the end of the game where he caught the tip ball by Vaccaro to seal the win for the Saints. I mean, it's, it's like I said before, I mean, it's, it's a fitting in, um, you know, a guy that, that's been here from day one, uh, rebuilding this program, and, you know, for, for him to, to, you know, kind of close the game, you know, against a really good offense, really good team, division rival, I mean, that's how you draw it up. So good to hear from the quiet storm, good to see him play after kind of being, uh, well, more than limited during the preseason. I thought they were pretty smart with him, it paid off. Um, switching gears just real quick, J.D., uh, we're going to have a lot more basketball later in the week. Um, we're hoping to get Drew Holiday tomorrow, David Wesley on Wednesday, and then some more. But for the Pelicans and NBA fans, uh, there was news yesterday with the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, inducted Gary Payton, Rick Pitino, Bernard King, Jerry Tarkania, which is a very moving moment, uh, and then Don Staley as well. So basketball inducts their Hall of Famies yesterday, and uh, usually that's the signal that we're about set to go. That comes in September. Next stop is training camp. But yesterday in, in Springfield, uh, they took care of those honors. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it, but, man, I, I would have liked to have seen Tark. I, uh, I understand he's in poor health, but uh, I love the way he was just one of those guys who kind of shook his fist at the establishment in the NCAA and uh, was a rebel, you know, without a cause and, you know, kind of a, a guy that, you know, you knew the NCAA was after him and they just couldn't quite – you know, box him in. So, um, you know, I was glad to see him get his just desserts because he 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 took in the desert a program to national prominence, UNLV, and uh, so I you know I really would like really would have liked to have seen that and love the fact that Bernard King went in. Man, Bernard King, I remember watching Bernard King when I was a kid, and I mean Bernard King is one of those guys who could roll out of bed and put up twenty five. I mean, he was a guy who didn't have to stretch and give you 30. So, you know, I I love the way he was a scoring machine. I, I guess I can compare him to make, you know, maybe a Kevin Durant nowadays maybe because Durant can kind of do some of those things when he wants to, mm -hmm. but Bernard King always wanted to. Right. <laughs> no, there's no doubt. Uh, and then the glove, you know, yeah. and, and, and I'll urge you to, to check it out. And you too uh, are loved uh, listeners of the Black and Blue Report. It, the – the uh, enshrinement ceremony is going to be on NBA TV probably a dozen times over the next couple of days. So I guess homework for you. Try and catch it, DVR it, whatever, and then we'll talk more about it because I want to get uh, D-Dub, David Wesley's uh, thoughts on it on uh, Wednesday, uh, especially his thoughts about Gary Payton. That'll be, that'll be interesting to say the least. So there you go. Um, that'll put a little bit of a wrap on things with J.D. for the day. Stay tuned, won't you? Zach Streif. 
Curtis Lofton, Sean Payton, and Matt Lancer still to come. This is the Black and Blue Report. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. So glad you could be with us on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report as we continue on this beautiful Monday following that 23-17 Saints win over the Atlanta Falcons. Sean Kelly back with you, and uh, so is D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra today. So all in the house and ready to go. Uh, yesterday, postgame, locker room at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Had a chance to uh, visit with a couple of my favorites, and I wanted to pass those along to you today following that uh, wonderful finish to the ball game yesterday. Let's start with veteran offensive lineman Zach Streif from yesterday in the Saints postgame locker room. Postgame in the Saints locker room continues, and we get the big fella here, Zach Streif, after the Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, a good mood in the locker room, good mood all around the city after you guys do something like you did today. Yeah, it's uh, – look, it's 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 – there's a lot of work that goes in to playing in this first game. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of sweat and, and a lot of grinding to get to this point. And look, you want that, you want that work rewarded. You know, it's it's tough mentally to go into that. And then you look at the fans and say, man, they wait a long time. And there was a lot of excitement, I think, coming in this season. So to get that first win, there'll be kind of a big uh, relief, you know, tonight. And hopefully the city enjoys it for the rest of the week, and we're going to enjoy it for the rest of the evening. Zach has expected probably a lot of momentum swings in the game. Was there one in particular that maybe stood out to you? Look, to me, uh, the defense, you know, in, in the second half coming out and, and getting some big stops for us. Uh, you know, I don't think we move the ball as well as we're capable of. Um, and, and they just they stepped up time and time again, you know, forcing a field goal after a turnover and, um, you know, we put them in a tough situation early with the fourth and, you know, the fourth and one stop. And look, they just kept responding. And then obviously at the end of that game, uh, 
you know, that's that's character. I'm sorry, that's 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 heart and character. You know, fourth and goal on the on the or first and goal on the eight, and then a, you know a fourth and three to win the game, to get that push up the middle like they did. That's that's just want to, and it's awesome to see. And and at the same time, kind of what you expect out of those guys. You mentioned that you you didn't feel like you probably produced as well as you wanted to as a unit offensively, but were you balanced enough? I know that was one of the goals going in. Well, I think I mean. I give a lot of credit to Coach Payton. I mean, he stuck with the running game, and, uh, you know, they, they had a good plan. That's a good front, you know, and then they move well, and, uh, you know, we maybe didn't adjust as well as we could have, and that'll be a focus and an emphasis, you know, the week going forward. And at the same time, uh, I, I think there was enough balance there. There was, you know, a good good mix of draw plays, and I think that their pass rush was affected at times by that. And, um, look, we can do better, but, but what's great is we got to win, and, and – Week one to week two, that's always the biggest growth week, and, and we'll look forward to it. You've been doing this a long time, and I know going into this game, at least for a lot of individuals, there was some emotional points that were addressed, I mean, in so many different ways. Did, did, did you feel like for your team it was hard to get dialed in for this or put some of those emotional things aside here in week one? You know, it's an emotional game, and, and it's played by people who are emotional and um, I think you can only feed off that. I mean, seeing Steve go out with Sean to do the breakdown. I mean, I know, you look, you're ready to go play a game and you're trying to get amped up and yet there's, you know, a little bit of water in your eyes and there's emotions, you know, attached to that and seeing that and the crowd was, was there's so much energy in that building tonight and so there's, you know, there's kind of energy going all over the place, you know, there's a lot of excitement and, and as a player that can only help you um, once the ball is snapped. You know, that's just energy and, and everything calms down and it feels like a game again. But, man, what an exciting uh, place to be, you know, at this point in time and, and to be a part of and, and to be a part of the not only the situations that we have going on with Coach coming back and all those things, but, you know, to be in the city while, while they love Saints football so much. Congratulations. Nice win. Thank you. Appreciate Zach Streif here with us in the locker room. All right, so our thanks to Zach Streif, one of our favorites on this program. And when we come back, we'll turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball. And here are the postgame thoughts of number 50, Curtis Lofton. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is, yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience, great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, Visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. (gasps) 
This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, the guy with the green sticker on the back of his helmet for the Saints defense yesterday in their six-point win over the Atlanta Falcons was number 50, Curtis Lofton. He was the signal caller yesterday, and there was a lot to love about the Saints defense and how they stepped up and really eventually won that football game. Here was my visit yesterday afternoon in the locker room with Curtis Lofton. Well, Curtis Lofton and the Saints defense had us on the edge of their seats at the end, but they found a way to get it done. Boy, how, how exciting was that to open up the NFL season? That was a great game. I mean, I think for, uh, for the home crowd, that's a game that, you know, they wanted to see. And uh, each year we play them, seven out of the last ten games came down to the last possession, and we knew that's what we was going to have to come down to this past game. And, uh, you know, defense came up big, but we played great team ball. Offense got points, defense got three and outs, and so it was just going back and forth, working together as a team, and uh, got a win. Walk me through those last two plays. Well, uh, you know, Coach Coach Rob called two great calls, and it was kind of funny. They ran the same plays last year that they ran this year, and we stopped them last year, and we stopped them again this year. So, man, those guys behind me, you know, from – uh, Humbert to uh, Roman, Jink, the whole secondary just played great, was well aware of what we had, to, what we were going to get, and, uh, you know, it came up big. You had a lot of new faces to work with on your side of the ball, you know, here in the opener. How did all those guys mix together, you think, today? It was great. You know, we, I feel like we started gelling back in OTAs. And then each training camp, mini camp, everything just started coming along, preseason. And then, you know, this past week, you know, guys love it. You know, we put a lot of hard work in, and, you know, it showed up today. I know it's a rivalry as far as many of the fans go. I know for many of the players it's the same. But to get that division win out of the way and out of the gate, it, 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 must, it must be a somewhat of a reward for all those hot August days, huh? Yeah, you know, it started back during training camp. We put all that work in out there in the heat, and it's for moments like this. You know, we came up big defense, you know, last year, you know, we had our struggles, but this year's a new year and we're a different defense. And I think we showed that today. The crowd was trying to help you guys. I mean, the crowd was huge for us. You know, it was it was loud down there and we had troubles making our checks. So I know they they definitely had trouble making theirs. And, you know, we were ready for them. And, uh, you know, we came up big today as a team. Nice win. All right. Our thanks again to Curtis Lofton. Stay tuned. In just a moment, we'll take you over to the Saints indoor practice facility where this morning Saints head coach Sean Payton had his weekly, or excuse me, his usual Monday morning presser with the local media. Back after this. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hey, New 
Orleans Saints fans. Show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Get geared up for the big game and wear what the team wears. Visit the Saints team store at Gate B on the plaza level of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, at about 11.30 this morning, head coach Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints had his Monday morning meeting with the uh, local media. Let you listen into a portion of that. We just finished meet- meeting with the team, and you kind of went through uh, this game players will be in meetings here for the next two and a half hours. Uh, I said this yesterday, I thought it was a a big win for us. Um, You know, anytime in week one, you start off with a home game against a a, a divisional opponent. It it obviously carries uh, a lot of importance. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to have a chance to clean up when the players watch this tape. And the the one thing always about your first game is this, you know, it's the first time a player goes from playing maybe 20 snaps to 40 or plus snaps. And so you deal with some fatigue, you deal with some cramping, you deal with, um, you know, that transition into the regular season. You know, I thought overall we handled that pretty well. And yet there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of little things and a lot of big things that we've got to be better at. So with that, I'll, I'll open it to any questions. Very encouraging the majority of it came from four guys up front. Didn't have to blitz very much at all. Yeah, that was part of the plan going in. Um, you know, I think that uh, anytime you can you can have and and create pressure with a four-man surface, it it certainly benefits you because you're uh, you know you're you're covered in the back end, and we were able to do that in this game, and and that was uh, that was part of the plan going in. Malcolm said that you guys had watched so much film on. Ryan's tendencies when, <clears throat> excuse me, when teams blitzed against him, how successful he always was. When guys had to send an extra man, he was always able to find that open receiver. Well, he, he he's a smart quarterback, and and so it's hard to just stay in one look versus any of these quarterbacks that have experienced and as talented as he is. You know, you, you're you're wanting to change the looks up. Um, I think if they get a, a steady dose of one thing, they'll have an area or an idea of where you're weak. Uh, and certainly he's one of those players. So, um, and he's got enough enough weapons outside that if he feels like he's getting pressure and a single coverage, you know, generally with each pass play, you know exactly where you're going to go with the football. So we tried to mix things up and and not provide, you know, just a constant or same look. And, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, our, our guys handled that aspect well. And back to what you mentioned at the beginning, the, the, the four guys rushing, uh, were able to disrupt him enough. So you had to be happy with some of the newer and younger faces kind of making an impact in the game yesterday. 
Yeah, they. Uh, we've got a lot of young players, a lot of guys. You know, in week one, you don't know a whole lot about other than what you've seen in the preseason. But um, aside from guys playing on defense or on offense, and you, know, you talk about like Kenny Vaccaro and Jenkins and, uh, you know, even the receivers, you know, Nick Toon being someone that, although he's in his second year, is really in his first year healthy and playing. You got like Josh Hill stood out and played exceptionally well in special teams, you know, as a backup tight end. So, you know, we're going to we're going to count on those guys and, and quickly they're going to uh, get up to speed and and look to improve each week. Sean, can you talk about the dedication you guys showed in the run game? You didn't get a lot of yards, but you got the attempts. You stayed with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, there's some frustrating snaps that we're going to look at here this afternoon. Uh, and there's there's some snaps where we're close and yet, you know, it takes all all 11 guys. So. Um, but we were wanting to make sure we controlled that time of possession. I, I thought it was most significant in the fourth quarter. I thought we, we possessed the ball quite a bit. Um, we had one series uh, in the second half backed up, you know, down to our, you know, our minus two. And I thought, although it didn't result in any points, that series was significant in that it changed the field position back in our favor. And then the drive, the final drive that led to a field goal, took a lot of time off the clock. So, uh, but we'll continue to work on that element. It needs to be better. We were close in some areas and, and yet we still have to work on and, uh, and clean up uh, a number of things to, to improve it. Well, several of your players back in the locker room were just talking about being choked up and emotional about the, the Gleason to dad chant. Just what, what was that emotion like for you? What was that experience like? Um, you know, there, there, was, there, was a, there was kind of a lump in the throat with Steve, you know, and he's, He's he's a guy that's been so close to this program and epitomizes, you know, when we came in '06 uh, of a player that uh, that worked extremely hard at his craft and was very dedicated and and you know to, so to be to be out there and enjoy that with him uh, was was special. Uh, I saw him afterwards and you know he shot me that text and then that computer voice came on and said you almost dislocated my shoulder and. Uh, <laughs> And it's just, you know, it's just, that's just him, you know. And, and so he, he hadn't lost a, a bit at all. His mental focus and, and all of that is uh, in great shape. So, yeah, but it was, it was pretty emotional just being with him. Coach, you talk about the job that Vaccaro did on Gonzalez. And did you consider on that short yardage play, did you consider a sneak or? No. Um, the, the two things went through my mind first on the short yardage play. There, you know, there were two or three plays I looked at, and obviously after the fact, uh, you know, it's always this way. You know, the the other play that I was considering, you know, I'm, I'm I'm frustrated I didn't run, but you know they made a good stop. We didn't get the yard we needed. Uh, at times we'll run a sneak, but but I didn't in that situation. Um, I thought Kenny played well. I thought he played physical. Uh, you know, we asked him in, in, in a, with a number of snaps to be uh, on Gonzalez. And, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time studying the tape and understood the strengths and weaknesses. And, look, a guy like that's a veteran player. But I thought he handled that matchup well. And, uh, you know, I said this way back at, at the beginning of training camp. You know, he, he's a player, Kenny, now that is uh, a little bit more wiser or a little bit more savvy than a lot of rookies in that he's very ex experienced. He, he, he studies hard, but he's, he's someone that knows the game well. And, 
and so it was a good start for him. Colson broke a record yesterday. Can you just kind of reflect on his consistency over his last eight years now? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to believe it's been eight years, but he, he's consistent's a great way to start. You know, he's been very consistent. He's a big target with strong hands, uh, week in and week out. You know, they're they're number one. He's very intelligent, so he he can play. Uh, the split end or X position, but he comes inside and plays the slot, the Y, the F. He, he, he knows most of all the positions. Um, he's a taskmaster and that, uh, uh, you know, someone that really will work very hard at his game, specifically on the individual routes. He's big inside. I know Drew's got a ton of confidence in him. We're proud for him. I mean, something like that uh, is, is a great accomplishment, especially in eight years. Coach, uh, about Keenan Lewis, do you get a sense about what yesterday meant for him helping to beat Atlanta uh, in his hometown? Um, I don't know. I asked him during the week. I said, is this going to be a big ticket week for you? Are you going to, you know, once you do that, you know, there's a saying, once, once is forever. You know, all of a sudden, if there's 28 tickets in week one, then there's probably going to be 28 tickets for every home game. He told me he was limiting it to six or eight. But I, I think more than anything else, uh, you know, being a part of a win, and he's a veteran player, and, and I'm sure it carries some uh, special meaning, but he's going to play at home here a lot now. And so I thought he handled all of that pretty well. And how did he do? He did well. He did well. Last night after the late game, Tony Dungy said that he thought your team was the most impressive of all the things he saw on Sunday. He said he feels like you brought a swagger back. How much of that is real, and how much of it, I guess, is just rhetoric, given the fact that every team is so close in this league, just yeah. having that confidence and swagger. Well, look, that that's a term that it maybe is overused sometimes. In our league, the confidence and swagger, if you will, comes when you're successful. And then it goes away quickly if you're not successful. And so, you know, it was an important win for us. It was good to see. It was good to see our defense come up with a, a not only just a, a stop at the end of the game, but a good plan against a real good offense. Um, but it's 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 week to week. It's very short lived. It can be, and so I appreciate Tony's comments. And 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 yet, uh, you know, we've got. If you looked at the tape, if he saw the tape, I saw, he'd recognize that there's a lot of things we've got to improve on. Do you think your team's resilience, maybe though, late had an correlation to what you preached all the way through the offseason with conditioning and mental toughness and well we you know, we'd like to think so and, and we, we focused on it and talked about it um, and yet you know that first game back it, it was tiresome for some players just because the reps had really changed but you know we, we felt like that was an important part of our preparation coming into the season in 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 the offseason, you know, I said this, our players were very uh, committed to the offseason program, um, the weight part of it, the strength part of it. Dan and his crew did a great job, and, and the conditioning element was tougher. Um, there's always that fine line of just making sure you're, you're not doing too much where there's fatigue. But, you know, I thought we handled overall some of that yesterday pretty well. And we'll get a good test here this week, you know, going on the road in a place that at this time of the year can be very hot. Sean, were there any individual performers or, or something with scheme that you guys did very well against Roddy White and Julio Jones? They didn't make a huge impact in that game. Yeah, I mean, when you when you first start with the idea or decision you're going to rush for, then you're going to commit a little bit more maybe to the back end. And so, you know, our guys did a pretty good job with some, some doubles and singles. 
depending on the formation. Um, both of those players that you mentioned, Mike, are exceptional talents that, you know, at any time can, can turn a game around. So there was, some, there was some pressure on the back end to understand formation, recognition, and then, you know, who we were wanting to get safety help on and then maybe who might have the single. Uh, so that could vary um, by formation. It could vary by set. Uh, but I thought overall that that, that was something that, that helped us. Douglas had a few big plays, and, and there, look, there was some, you know, the one thing that, that we'll try to work closely on getting corrected is, you know, we gave up some chunks, and I think that uh, those things can be corrected and, and need to be. Looked uh, kind, of, kind of invigorating for you in that environment yesterday on the sideline. It's, uh, it, felt, it felt good to be back. Um, you know, it did. It was, uh, you know, it, 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 it was just very much, you know, all the things you felt as a coach in week one versus a division opponent, you know, and so there's, uh, you know, those butterflies that are healthy, uh, all the things that you're trying to control and, and, and make sure that your team has the best chance to win. Um, at the beginning with Steve was a little different and unique and, and then quickly, very, very quickly after that, you know, we kind of, all of us, I think, uh, got into the game mode and, and, and so that felt very normal once we kicked off, you know, you know felt kind of like it always had. Thank you. Thank you. So that's some of what Coach Payton had to say this morning. More of that uh, online at NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Black and Blue Report after these messages. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Appreciate Coach Payton for stopping by today. And uh, certainly we're about set to wrap up today's show as we uh, get our week started. Uh, it was a good day for all, right? All that love the black and gold, but for those who love the black and red, not so much fun. That probably was the case for our final guest here on the show this Monday morning. Matt Lanter, actor uh, and performer, was in town or is in town shooting a new uh, television show. You know him from Star Wars. You know him from 90210. 
but he's an Atlanta kid and had asked to come see the Falcons and Saints play yesterday. Uh, he was all smiles before the game during the visit you'll hear momentarily, but hard to say how he was doing afterwards when the Saints won by six. Nonetheless, surely enjoyed the visit with a fine young man. Our visit yesterday at the Dome with Matt Lanter. Well, Matt, we get a lot of actors and musicians that come through our city, and, and they always want to come see either the Saints play or the Pelicans play, and either catch the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. This, this, this game day atmosphere, it's, it's hard to beat. I don't care what stage you've been on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, geez, I, to, to be on this field when you got 90,000 people screaming, I can't even imagine what that's like. So, yeah, it's, this is rock star status here. <laughs> You're a new, uh, a new New Orleanian, aren't you? I am. I am. I moved down here about a month ago uh, shooting a new TV show. So we're, we're still exploring and, and kind of uh, falling in love with the charm of the city. Tell me about the new show. It's called Star Crossed. Uh, it's going to be on the CW. It's a, it's a mid-season show, so we don't know exactly when it's going to air. It could be January. It might be March of, uh, of 14. Um, essentially, it's a, it's a modern take on Romeo and Juliet. It's an a, a alien uh, and human kind of uh, integration thing. And, of course, there's a human girl and an alien boy, and, you know, they're, they're destined, uh, uh, no pun intended, in the stars. So Yeah, you know, between a show like that and the, the newer version of the 90210 and and the science fiction with the Star Wars side. You, you, you at a young age have, have started to really build kind of a wide uh, array of work. I've covered the gamut, that's yeah. right. Yeah, from the screaming girls of uh, you know, 90210 to the, to the Comic-Con uh, uh, nerds, which, which, by the way, I, I say that with, with all respect because I consider myself a nerd uh, with the Star Wars stuff. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, I've got a, a huge group of fans from you know, the range from all ages and, and, and all kinds of people, and, uh, and I love it. It's, uh, that's one of the most fun things about my job is, is getting, uh, you know, of course, being on set, but getting to go out and meet all the people and all the Star Wars fans and all the fans of the show that are so passionate and uh, supportive of, of what we're doing. It's really, really awesome. I'll get to what you're wearing here in just a second, but, you know, we're, we're visiting here on the sideline of an NFL game. Uh, is the NFL your favorite, or, or is there another sport that really holds oh, your heart? Gosh, you know, well, I grew up playing baseball. I actually worked for the Atlanta Braves for a few years, so baseball is, is kind of America's pastime. But uh, I, to be honest, football is it's the most exciting. I mean, that you you have people of all ages and sexes and ranges and everything that's so passionate about football, and, and college football is, is passionate, but, man, NFL is, uh, is, is right up there. So it's exciting to be here today. All right, now to what you're wearing. Matt, it should, we should say full disclosure here, you are an Atlanta kid. I mean, you grew up in Atlanta. You're Georgia, born and bred, yeah. uh, and it is a Falcons jersey you have on. We still will welcome you here, but, you know, we, we always have the perspective of Saints fans about this rivalry here. What's the perspective from Atlanta? Well, you know, that, uh, thank you, by the way, for opening me with welcome arms. I wasn't sure. I didn't know whether I should wear my jersey or not wear my jersey. But, you know, that's the great thing about football is it brings all these kind of people together. And, and you get a, a city that's as passionate. I don't think I've ever been to a city that's as passionate about being part of New Orleans as, as people in New Orleans. And I love that about it. Uh, but from my perspective on this particular rivalry, what's great about it, well, not only are we division rivals, but... Uh, I feel like there's a huge respect for the Saints uh, and the city of New Orleans. I mean, it's always a good game. And, you know, most recently, Breeze and Sean Payton have gone 10-2 and two against the Falcons. <laughs> so it's a hard rivalry, but it's always a game. And I think that, you know, some, there's some rivalries you just hate, and then there's some rivalries that you got to respect. And I, we got to respect for the Saints, that's for sure. 
Well, we're, we're pulling for you that the show goes well because that means you'll be living with us here in New Orleans for some Absolutely. time. Absolutely. I love it here. We've, yep. we've been here for a little while and, and we've kind of been falling in love with the city. And, uh, you know, I, I still love my Falcons, but I love the city. You and your wife have picked out a favorite restaurant yet? There are too many restaurants that are too good to pick a favorite. But, man, uh, there's, there's a place called the Rum House on Magazine, and um, they have the best tacos <laughs> that we've ever had. So it's, it's what you could eat there every day and find something different, and it's, and it's all fantastic. Pleasure to meet you. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget, we'll be back at you tomorrow. And uh, on the program, we're hoping to talk to uh, Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans, and we'll also catch up on LSU and Tulane tomorrow. We'll do all that for you on the Tuesday version, which will be up online for you each day, noon central-ish. <laughs> you can subscribe on iTunes for free. You can also hear the show through the New Orleans Saints app on your mobile device, and don't forget you can also listen through your desktop at neworleansaints.com or pelicans.com. Thanks to J.D. today, Zach Street, Curtis Lofton, Marcus Colston, at Matt Lancher 2, Fred Ruckert was uh, taking care of all the technical issues for us today, so we appreciate his work, and we will see you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.